Hello, welcome back to this week's episode. I am here with Esther Ryder. I'm Kaylin Palfi, and this week we are going to be talking about what not to do after getting pre-approved. We've both had instances where people have changed their credit on accident between getting pre-approved and writing offers and things like that. And so we're going to give you guys some tips and advice of what not to do. So let's just start down the list. So I made a list in advance of some different things that we have seen people do or heard mm-hmm. stories from other realtors or our lenders. So let's mm-hmm. just start with this. What not to do. Change jobs. Yep. I've had that happen three times mm-hmm. to me. And I always tell my people, do not change jobs. Two out of the three, they listened to me and they called me and asked me if it was allowed or if that was a good idea and they explained their situation. One, I said no. The other one, it worked out because they checked in advance to see if they could do the loan with, you know, just the one spouse's income and stuff, and they could. The other one didn't tell me at all. And what happens is that a few days before closing, the bank is going to call your employer to verify that you still work there. Mm -hmm. And they called the employer and they said, no, he doesn't work here anymore. So the lender calls me and says, we have a problem. Well, luckily in this case as well, the one spouse was able to qualify on their, for the loan based on their income and and debts. And they were able to move forward after, you know, fixing that with underwriting and so forth. But literally that almost cost them the house. And we are Mm -hmm. talking like Within a few days of closing. That's crazy. Yeah. So it worked out for them. Yeah. But definitely that would be a lesson learned of like reach out, tell somebody your situation. And sometimes it's out of your control whether you get laid off or something like that. But being transparent and open with your lender and your realtor, you guys can work through this scenario probably more often than not. Yeah. Just it's almost like you want to say other than breathing, don't do anything when you're pre-approved or under contract without asking Mm -hmm. Definitely your lender and possibly your realtor, but you know, when it comes to lending things, that's going to be for sure communicate with your lender. Mm-hmm. But yes, don't change jobs, especially when you are under contract without checking with your lender on that. Another thing that I always think of, and I'm always worried around the holidays, is I personally use my credit cards a lot during Christmas time and use those rewards and everything else and then pay them off afterwards. But using those credit cards for that month can change your debt to income ratio. And ruin your pre-approval and then not only do you not have a house before Christmas but you have all this debt and yeah. just starting the whole process over and everything and another thing that that can change that is opening a new line of credits like if you're at mm-hmm. a store I'm not gonna name a store but it's a store and they say if you open a credit card today then you'll get 10% off of your purchase today if you are pre-approved or you're under contract for a house don't even do that without contacting your lender because it's adding you know, that's, they're going to check your credit for that. And it's adding another line of credit. Mm-hmm. I'm not a lender and Caitlin's not, of course, either to tell you for sure. But I would just tell you, don't open any credit cards. Don't buy things with credit cards like Caitlin's saying, unless you call your lender to make sure that's okay. And if you're a serious buyer and ready to buy soon, the nice thing is this isn't like don't open your reward card at X store for 12 months. It might be two months or whatever, but you don't want to do anything to mess up your pre-approval. And like she's saying, spending it, bringing up credit cards or even opening new lines of credit could very well do that. And again, your lender can tell you that for sure because they know your specific Mm -hmm. situation. Yes. So another thing that I can think of too is 
selling your car or trading in your car and changing your car payment, even if you think you're lowering your debt and that it's helping, check with your lender first. <laughs> yes. Didn't you have somebody who did that? No. Okay. No. So I had somebody a week before closing just happen to call me because they were friends and say, hey, we're going car shopping tonight. I go, what? <laughs> so like, we're going car shopping tonight. And I said, no, you're not. <laughs> now, again, this was a friend. I probably was a little more firm in saying that than I should. But I said, if you go do that, it could mess up you buying your house. And the crazy thing was it wasn't like their car broke down and they had to buy one or... They had a kid getting their license or, you know, any number of things that might be like, oh, yeah, we really need to to potentially do this and it can't wait. It was literally like, I just want a different car. <laughs> and so I said, we're not, no, we're not going to do that. Or you you should not do that. Right. Yeah. That's close. Then you can do whatever you want. And the nice thing about that is I was able to tell her that because we were friends and she just happened to be calling me and saying what they were doing. But that's why had we not had a friendship and it was purely just, you know, someone I didn't know very well or whatever, I would not have known that. Mm-hmm. So that's why, again, it comes back to anything involving money in a car purchase would be that you need to talk to the lender and say, this is what I want to do. Is that good or bad? And while we're talking about car, co-signing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Okay. So when you co-sign, a lot of people will do that because they're kind, mm-hmm. right? So they want to help a sibling out or they want to help whatever. And they don't really understand what that means. And neither did I. I've not ever co-signed for somebody, but I didn't know how it actually worked. I remember years ago, I was helping a friend buy a house. And what happened is that she had co-signed for her sister to get a vehicle. And that was showing up as a debt for her. And so if you're co-signing for someone, even though, just like my friend said, well, I'm not making the payment my sister is, the problem is it's still your name on there. So do not co-sign for anything unless you talk to your lender. I mean, you know, basically short of breathing when it comes to money or doing nothing with it without asking your lender. Mm -hmm. But co-sign, the reason that I think that's a big deal is because it will affect you in a negative way after you're pre-approved. But the flip side of that is if you're getting pre-approved, it can also affect how much you're approved for. Have you seen that, Caitlin? I don't think I've had anyone run into that instance, but I have co-signed for a sibling and luckily it worked out fine and he was able to pay it off early and everything else. But it was something I had to make sure I was aware of ahead of time before co-signing. And I don't know that people are taught that or that it's explained to them when they're co-signing. It's more of, yes, for example, if someone's buying a car, I don't know that the car dealership is explaining to them exactly what that work looks like. Right. Or maybe they are, but because it's something they're not familiar with, it doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Same with lenders. I mean, people will co-sign for people or, you know, be on the loan with them for a house. And it's not that – sometimes people just don't understand how that works. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're saying is just don't do it. Or if you feel like you need to discuss it with someone further, then talk to your lender about that. Right. So another thing that we were chit-chatting about beforehand was – people getting engaged to their significant other because they bought this house and they're so excited they're going to start this life life forever and then they go and buy a wedding ring. Yes. And here's the thing. If you buy something as 12 months, same as cash or 18 months, same as cash and it's through like a credit card type of thing, it's still showing up as a debt and it's still showing up as a new line of credit. Thank you. Yeah, that you've opened. And so... 
that can still affect your loan. And the thing is that I think it's natural for a lot of people when they are under contract for a house to be thinking about that next step and Mm -hmm. want to be engaged, expect to get engaged, whatever. And it's just, you know, either pay cash or talk to your loan officer and make sure that's okay. And speaking of paying cash, please don't spend your down payment. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's true. (laughs) Even on appliances on furniture don't get loans for those don't finance those to the store but just consider like if you're buying all this furniture and appliances you still have to have that down payment on closing day Mm -hmm. it's not going to change it's not going to go away so i'd rather you be sleeping on the floor than have no down payment for it but you have a mattress and no house yeah (laughs) yeah and i have heard of stories of people doing that I've not experienced that where somebody spent their down payment, not while they were pending. I've had people spend their down payment because they had, you know, a big expense come up, but then they, they knew that Mm -hmm. and they would say, I had to spend it because my car broke down and needed a transmission. I don't have that for my down payment right now, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to save it up again and then look again for a house. Mm -hmm. I've not had anybody do it while it's pending. But I know for myself and our agents, we're very careful about having this conversation with our clients. And I think our lenders do as well. So we kind of avoid some of that. But I do remember a house I was going to show. This wasn't that long ago, maybe in the last year and a half. I had called about showing it and the agents, because it was already under contract and the agent said it's closing like, I don't know, seven days, eight days. It's not worth showing. I said, okay, that's fine. Well, all of a sudden, like it's a week or so later and I see it's on the market and I was blown away because he had been very firm that it was going to close. And so I sent him a text and said, hey, why is this back on the market? And his text back was, this sounds awful to say, but I will say what he said. Basically, it said, stupid buyer bought furniture before closing. Oh, no. And so it was literally like the week before closing and this buyer and I was not my buyer. I don't even know who the agent had the buyer, but the listing agent was saying it came back on because... The buyer bought furniture, and I don't know if that means on a credit card like we're talking about that messed things up or used his cash um, and didn't have the down payment. But either way, literally a week before they're going to get into their house, buying furniture costs them the house. Just like you were saying about the mattress, Caitlin. Yeah. Well, great. Now they have nice furniture, but no house. (laughs) Yeah, they have a couch to sit on, but not a roof over their head for it. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I think that sums up all that I have on top of my head. Do you have any other scenarios you can think of i just think it's important to have a good relationship with your agent of course but also with your lender and don't try to hide it i think that being being open about it and transparent and saying oh no i think i made a a mistake you can work through it or you know find different avenues and paths and whatever but being transparent is key to not be wasting your time house shopping on a house that you can't buy sure and the thing is that you have to understand that there's not an agent that's perfect with their finances there's not a lender that's perfect with their finances we're not judging you your lender's not judging you but we can't help and your lender can't help if, if we're not in the loop so if you have a lender who's hard to get a hold of they don't respond well to you you're not comfortable talking to them i would just find one they're comfortable with because there are going to be questions you have even if it's none of the things that we brought up, there are going to be questions that you have that a realtor may not know the answer or shouldn't be answering. And having that lender that you're comfortable with will allow you to feel confident and comfortable asking these questions and and getting the answer in a timely manner. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for coming this week again. And we look forward to hearing more stories from Esta. She's always full of them. So tune in to next week's episode. (music) 